Thank you for being with us, everybody. I'm very excited about the message today. We know in a couple of days, July 4th, we're going to celebrate the freedom that we have. We are so blessed in our nation. We're not a perfect nation, but a land of tremendous freedoms, both, uh, you know, not just in, in our nationality as far as the freedoms that we enjoy, but the religious freedoms that we have and the freedom from tyranny. And the reality is God has been so good to us. And, and I want to talk to you today uh, about freedom, but of a different kind, freedom from under, you know, the, uh, the oppressiveness that, you know, evil one would like to put upon us, how that we can come to God with our burdens and with our cares. Because life gets pretty complicated at times. And what do you do when your life gets complicated? So Tuesday, we're going to celebrate national freedom today. In a sense, we're going to celebrate our spiritual freedoms. I hope you have a great day planned on Tuesday. How many of you... How many of you plan on cooking out? I'm just curious. Just how many of you are going to fire up the grill on Tuesday and you plan on doing a little cooking? Could I just see your hand? All right. It's great, by the way, to be able to look around with these new lights and not have to shield my eyes. How many of you are going to be cooking out? Let me see. All right. How many of you, let me just do a little evaluation here. How many of you are going to be uh, grilling chicken? Let me just see your hand. You've already got the menu planned. You're going to grill some chicken. All right. How many of you are going to grill hamburgers and hot dogs? Let me. Okay. Yeah. So, wow. A lot of you are planning on doing that. How many of you are going to grill some pork chops or pork tenderloin or, or ribs? You're, you're, anybody? You're thinking, you're thinking about that? All right. How many of you are going to grill steak? Could I just see your hand? Could I? All right. If I could see you right after the service, I'd like to get your name, phone number, address. Filling steak today for some reason. Fill out how we can get connected and become friends. But uh, kidding aside, I'm so excited about being able to talk to you about my favorite subject of all because I love to talk about Jesus. And Jesus was the most influential leader that ever lived. He was the greatest teacher that ever lived. The words that Jesus spoke, he spoke them with compassion. He spoke them with meaning. They were life-changing words. And when he spoke, he, he spoke words that were out of what gripped his own heart. And when he talked about these things, he challenged people to act upon them. And there's three verses that I want us to look at today. There'll be some other supporting verses that we'll look at, two or three others. We'll see how that goes. But a primary passage, and this is what I want you to know at the very beginning. If you've come into this service today and you're like weary and you're just feeling worn down and you just feel like you're under heavy burdens and there's so much pressure in your life and there's so much tension in your life and there's so many things going on in your life, this is what I want you to know. You've come on a great Sunday because what we're going to talk about, the words of Jesus are going to be so incredibly helpful to you. Now, I want you to look at this. This is out of Matthew 11. I want you to look with me. We're going to begin at verse 28. This is Jesus speaking. And Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. Who? All of you who are weary and burdened. I want you to come to me. And if you come to me, Jesus said, I'm going to give you rest. Here's what I want you to do. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, these words that we've just seen from Jesus are both encouraging and interesting, and we are helped when we dig into some of the background in which Jesus is speaking into. You see, in this time that Jesus spoke into, and a lot of times we don't see these things unless we have some fundamental understanding of the background, and I want to just give you some insight into the background. When Jesus spoke this, there was what was so preeminent at that day, which was what was referred to as the oral law. 
It was certainly not equivalent to, to Scripture. In fact, it would be the teachings, or it would be the sayings, or it would be the expressions of various uh, religious leaders, many of which had no connectivity to Jesus whatsoever, did not embrace Jesus, nor his claims, nor his life, had no affinity with Jesus. They were religious leaders. They had, by the way, their own disciples. Jesus was not the first rabbi to have disciples. There had been many other religious leaders who had rabbis, and so what would happen is they would have these sayings, these teachings, these expressions, uh, what was called the oral law, and for simplistic understanding of that, it was basically these teachings, and again, not equivalent to Scripture, and yet they would be considered as divine. And people, you know, unfortunately would be held accountable to these. And over time, what would happen with these increasing additions to the oral law again and again, it became to the extent that many people just lived lives that were under such burdens, not from Scripture, but from the oral law, the teachings of men, the teachings of these religious leaders that had no biblical validity to them whatsoever. And so it's important for you to see that so you understand the context into which Jesus is speaking, and he's speaking to people, and he's saying, listen, all of you who are weary, all of you who are carry, carrying around heavy burdens, you're trying to fulfill the expectations that you have for yourself and all these expectations that other people have for you, all of these rules, all of these regulations, all of these sayings, all of these teachings that are not steeped in me. And Jesus speaks into the context of that, and he says, here's what I want you to do. Come unto me, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And we're going to talk about it. And when Jesus said that, take my yoke upon you, when he said that, people understood exactly what Jesus was saying. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, what Jesus did, and it often got him into lots of trouble with religious authorities, is he invited people to move from the opinions of men to the claims of God, to move from the sayings of men to his own teaching, which came directly from God. The words of Jesus are powerful because the words of Jesus, listen to this now, this is very important, listen to this, because the words of Jesus teach us how to most effectively live out God's will in the way that life was designed to be lived. Additionally, what it did is it lifted people out of their oppressive burdens toward legalism and showed them how much the load of life could be turned into something that would be manageable. We live in a time when life is not easy. Wouldn't you agree? So I want to just ask you, what is weighing you down right now? What burdens are you carrying around, maybe even stumbling under? What is causing you to become tired and weary? And here's a question that I want us to try and answer in the next few moments together. Is it really possible to exchange weariness or heavy loads of burdens to exchange that for rest in Jesus? Some of you, I mean, just when you hear those words, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When you think about you can have rest in your mind, when you think about you can have rest in your body, when you think about you can have soul rest, I mean, just the sound of that. Now, the first thing that we discover in Matthew 11 that Jesus is saying, I, I want to give you the text, and then we'll unpack some, some, uh, some realities that I think are applicable for all of us. The first thing that I want you to see is that Jesus invites weary, weighted down people to come to him. Matthew eleven twenty eight. You're going to see this again on the screen. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Take a look at it. Jesus said, "Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest." Now it's important for us to understand 
that when Jesus announces, come to me, it is an invitation for people just like you and me to place their trust and confidence in him. It is a wide open door for people who are exhausted and burdened down to come to Jesus. And the beauty of Jesus is that he not only spoke compelling, life-changing words, Jesus also extended to people irresistible compassion. You see, Jesus loves people. Jesus wanted to be around people. Jesus wanted to engage people in conversations. Jesus, I mean, if Jesus were seated at a table with you, he, w- he would want to know your story. He would want to know how that he could help you. I'll give you a little bit of a contrast for just a moment. Most of you know by now, I was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. I moved down to Lakeland, never thinking really when I finished Southeastern University that I would ever uh, come back to Lakeland again. So glad that we, we did 17 years ago now. And uh, while I was here, I was a student at Southeastern University, and I initially started, I was working part-time at Publix and going to school full-time, and, and then about my junior year, I was hired by a church to be a part-time youth pastor and a full-time student, which meant I was still a full-time student, uh, but also meant I was, you know, working full-time, but basically got part-time pay. That's generally how it works when you're a college student. And so I can remember graduating, loved the church where I was at, loved the opportunity to serve, but I just felt that God was going to open a door somewhere, and God did. And I, I take you back, this is when I was about 26, maybe 27 at the most, so you know it's been at least 10 years ago now that this has happened. And so I moved to this state that I've never lived in before nor since, and I'm just this rookie youth pastor, again, very, very young and uh, maybe not even quite 26 yet. And so I can remember there was uh, this big community event going on downtown in this city that I live in, that I'm a youth pastor at. And, and I don't remember exactly the occasion, although as I reflect upon it, I think the reason I was going to do what I was going to do is because our lead pastor of the church who's now a retired guy, a great friend of mine, was not able to go to this big community event downtown. And so he sent me instead. And my responsibility was to give the invocation at this big community downtown event. So I walked into this huge place and I'm already feeling intimidated. I'm this young novice youth pastor. I'm like, I don't even belong here. And I walk in and I don't know where to sit. And somebody spots me and they bring me up to the head table. And I'm seated now at the head table before all these people in this big community event in the downtown portion of that city. And I'm looking around and I'm like, so incredibly intimidated. I don't belong here. I should not be doing this invocation. I should not be seated at this head table. And I certainly should not be seated right next to this legendary college football coach, Division I SEC team. I'm not going to tell you the team nor the coach, but I'm seated right there beside him. And I'm feeling very, very intimidated about it. But I'm an extroverted kind of person, and I did not want to be rude. Mom never wanted me to be rude. She wanted us to speak up and, and be nice. And and he's not really making eye contact with me, this legendary coach. And so after a while, and I'm just looking, the more I think about it, the more I'm intimidated, but he's not saying anything to me. So I figured I would broach a conversation. So I just looked over at him and I just asked him a simple question. And I'm, again, I can say this freely because I'm not going to tell you the university, the state, nor the coach. But uh, when I said something to him, just trying to be nice and engaging, he basically, the best way I know how to describe it is he basically looked over at me, grunted a couple of words, put his face back down in his plate and continued to eat and never said another word. 
Now, Mama did teach me how to act like that, and so I'm slightly offended. I'm already intimidated. Now I'm offended. Now that moves into frustration. I'm a little angry about it. And so after thinking about it more and more in this big, fancy uh, event, I finally had enough thinking about here I was trying to be nice to him, and he wouldn't even basically speak to me. So I stood up in the middle of the crowd, and I said, go dogs!" No, I, I, didn't, I made up the last part. I didn't. I, didn't, I wanted to. I wanted, I wanted to. That last part I just made up. But what I actually did is I just sat there thinking, man, I, you know, it's not like I'm this massive fan of this guy. I was just trying to be nice. And then you think, had you been uh, seated next to somebody like Jesus, how many of you know Jesus takes the top chair, Jesus takes preeminence in all things? And I started thinking about it. Had I been seated next to Jesus, I never would have had to have engaged Jesus in a conversation because Jesus would have already engaged me. He had already spoken to me. How many of you know Jesus would already have known my name? How many of you would know that my mom, in a very mixed-up condition, I, I guess, that's all I can attribute it to, that she, she would name me Jeffrey, not Jeffrey like most other normal human beings in the whole world, that, she would, that Jesus would even know, hey, you're Jeffrey, not Jeffrey like most other people name their child. And then he'd ask me how I was, I'm sure. He'd engage me, what was going on in my life. How could he help what kind of burden and pressure was I under? And then he would invite me. This is just the way that Jesus acted. He would invite me in to relationship and dialogue to an easy yoke with him. If you were at a table with Jesus, he would invite you into the conversation, and he would legitimately listen to you, and he would really want to help you with whatever heavy load you were carrying around. This is a great verse out of the Old Testament. Take a look at it on the screen. It says in Leviticus 26, 13, this is what it says. I am the Lord your God. I brought you out of Egypt. He's talking to his people so that you're no longer slaves to the Egyptians. I love this next part. I have broken their power over you and made you live as free people. And Jesus, it was life-changing. It was powerful words. And he would invite people into this easy yoke. And he would say, if you would just come to me, no matter how oppressed or downcast you are, no matter how much stress and frustration you have going on in your life, no matter what heavy load you're walking underneath, if you'll just come to me, I will give you rest. Secondly, Jesus declares to be himself to be gentle and humble, and that if we'll come to him, Jesus said, you can actually learn from me. And we find that in verse 29. Look at it in verse 29. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn. Learn from who? Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you're going to find rest for your souls. A lot of people think, well, God is just this big, mad, angry God. It's always ticked off about something. And Jesus, who is the visible representation, it doesn't say he's mad, he's angry, he's hateful. It says, what does Jesus say concerning himself? I'm gentle, I'm humble. And maybe you've really never thought of Jesus in this way. Maybe you've never really considered his loving nature, which causes him to sympathize with us in our needs, to understand our pain. Maybe you've never thought about not just his loving nature, but his active nature, how that it causes him to do those things which will help us. And Jesus said, you come to me and you're going to learn from me. And to learn from him becomes for us what it means to learn from his personal and human example. 
He's actually, Jesus is a living, breathing picture of how God wants us to live our lives. I love what this Bible scholar says. His name is RVG Tasker, and this is what he says concerning Jesus. Look at it right here on the screen. He says, to be a pupil or a disciple of Jesus is to have a very gentle and humble-minded teacher who is never impatient. I love this. Who is never impatient with those who are slow to learn and never intolerant with those who stumble. And Jesus just says, I want you to come to me. And if you do, you're going to find, because he declares himself to be gentle and humble, and you're going to find rest for your souls. And then thirdly from Matthew 11, Jesus says, if you come to me, you're never going to regret coming to me because you're going to have the opportunity to be yoked together with me. Look at verse 30. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And when Jesus spoke these powerful words, and you've really got to see this, friend, this is so important. Again, you understand the context into which he's speaking, where all of these religious leaders had all of this oral law, these traditions of men, and these sayings and teachings and expressions, and they expected, and the list grew and grew and grew, and they were expected to fulfill and put people under heavy burdens of legalism. And so when Jesus is speaking into that, they got it. When Jesus starts talking about this yoke, these are powerful words. And the people were able to resonate with it because the word yoke spoke to them of this wooden frame, which would join together two animals. And they were familiar with it, oftentimes two oxen. And when joined together, these two oxen in in oneness, they could actually pull a very heavy load that neither of them could pull alone. So on that day when Jesus said, take my yoke, He's making reference to becoming his disciple. And he said, this is what I want you to know. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And you're never going to have to pull around these heavy problems by yourself. Won't you become yoked together with me? My burden is light. It does not keep you under a massive weight of man's opinions and ideas and demands. And Jesus spoke these life-changing words and how incredibly refreshing it must have been And now, hundreds of years later, they remain relevant for our lives today. And maybe you're asking, in what ways? I mean, how do you and I connect with this? I mean, the people, we we don't live in that context where these religious leaders had the disciples, and they had these laws, these rules, regulations, teachings and expressions, this oral law, and people are so weighted down by it. It was so just condemning and harsh and almost impossible. Jesus would make these statements. You see them in the scriptures where he'd say, you know what? You come up with all these rules and regulations for people, and you won't keep them, and yet you expect people to fulfill them. you don't even fulfill them yourselves. And everything about Jesus breathed life. And so how do you and I connect with it? How do we relate to it? And I think there's some things that we can draw out together in the next 12 minutes or so. And that is, here's something I want you to think about. You and I, in order to really enter into this life-changing reality that Jesus offers to us, one of the things that has got to happen, please hear me on this, is you and I have to reject self-sufficiency and become humble so easy to be self-sufficient or to pretend to be self-sufficient. I'll figure a way out. How many times have we said that? I'll make it happen. I'll be smart enough. I'll be creative enough. I'll, I'll demonstrate enough ingenuity. I'll be clever enough. I'll figure if it's going to happen, I'll figure out a way. I'm a resourceful person. I will make it happen. And Jesus said increasingly over time, it's a good move for us to reject self-sufficiency and admit in humility that we need help. Who do you most want to help? The person who says, I got it. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I'll figure it out. Or the person who says, hey, could you help me? And, you know, it's, it's amazing when we think about human nature, how that it's inclined to help. 
I can remember uh, not too long ago, I was doing what you've often done, I'm sure, and that is I was channel surfing because among 10,483 stations, it seemed, there was not one good thing to watch. And so I'm channel surfing, and I, I come, I think the name of the program is Air Disasters, I think, and, and I had rested on that channel for just a moment, and uh, I looked, and the video imagery was familiar to me, and then I remembered as I heard the story of this plane that had been hijacked, large commercial airliner, passenger jet, had been hijacked, and it was over this ocean, and then it ran out of fuel, and it was beginning to descend, and this pilot, demonstrating great courage and bravery, guided this plane without its power toward an island so that it could get close enough to an island and hope that people would be helped. And you see the actual footage of the plane, and then I remembered it. And then it saw the footage of people who were like just shocked on the island seeing this plane come and land in the ocean and how that they've got in boats and just, it isn't a human nature, I believe, that God deposits the desire to help people. We want to help people. I can remember many, many years ago now. It's long before I came here, 17 years ago. I'm not a youth pastor anymore. I'm a lead pastor of a great church. I'm still a young guy. And I can remember there was a family in the church. In fact, I knew the grandparents very well that served on, in one of the areas of our church. They had a little granddaughter born. and She had many, many complications. She was in the neonatal ICU unit uh, of the hospital, and it gave the appearance, it seemed, that... Uh, that the child may never get out. And so the parents and grandparents were feeling the weight of that, the stress of that. So they asked me, would you come up to the hospital, which was about an hour and 15 minutes away, would you come up to the hospital and would you dedicate the baby because we may never be able to dedicate her to the church. And I said, of course, I will, I will do that. And I said, just give me a day and a time and, and you know, and make sure hospital staff and I, and I will do it. And they said, all right, it seems that this day is going to work. Now, it, it was a Monday. Now, Monday, and it didn't matter if it was my day off or not, but I'm just telling you so that you can see the story. Monday is my day off. Then and now, I push myself really, really hard between Tuesday and the end of the day today and then Monday. And so it was in a very, very busy stretch of ministry. And to be quite honest, the way that day fell, I was very, very tired. And yet I'm like, hey, no problem. Uh, I'll drive up there. I'll dedicate the baby, turn around, drive back home. But what did not help, because I'm already feeling very, very tired, I get in my car to get on the interstate, and it's one of these, how many of you can relate to this, it's just really one of these gray overcast days that added to your sleepiness. And then it was light mist, and I can remember driving north on this interstate, and I'm already very, very tired, and it's gray, and this light mist, and I'm saying, Jesus, please, you know, I'm so help me stay awake, and I'm just being careful and cautious. I make it to the hospital. I dedicate this precious little baby. By the way, she turned out to do wonderful, got out of the hospital, as far as I know, doing really, really good still to this day. I got ready to leave the hospital, and it's funny now looking back, because this grandmother who I knew said, hey, could I catch a ride back because she lived in the same city? Could I catch a ride back with you? And then the other grandmother, the maternal grandmother, who also lived in that city said, hey, can I run along too? So I get in the car and said, and I'm just as tired as I was before. I get in the driver's seat, of course, and, you know, the lady that I knew most was in the passenger seat, the other grandmother in the back seat. And I get back on this interstate, and apparently, the way I feel tired is very, very visible to her because I, I get out on the interstate, set the cruise, and I'm normally very talkative, but I'm, I'm not real talkative, some small conversation, but not like I ordinarily would, and I'm just driving, focusing on the road. 
After a while, noticing out of my peripheral vision, this lady that I knew who was seated in the passenger seat, she is staring at me just like this. And I come to the realization, I'm like, at first it like, I'm thinking, what are you doing? And, you know, I'm driving, that's weird. You know, I'm just, you know, and then, and then I had to chuckle because this was so uncharacteristic of her. Uh, she's just, and I said, oh, now I know. She sees how tired I am. She's watching me to make sure I don't go to sleep. And she feels that she's going to watch me so closely that if I start to doze, she will be sure to wake me up. Well, this is too good to resist. So I'm driving along. And I know she's watching me. I can see her watching me. And I'm like, this is going to be so good. And I do exactly what I'm about to do right now. I'm driving. I intentionally let my eyes blink a time or two. And then I did this. And I did it for just a second, but when I, I did this, driving 70 miles an hour down the interstate, this woman grabbed me as though I've never been grabbed my whole life, and she starts shaking. I'm like, now we are going to have a wreck. You know, she's shaking me. Ah, wake up, wake up, wake up. And I'm like, calm down. I'm awake. Don't make us wreck, for crying out loud. It took me the rest of that trip to convince her that I, re- that I did that as a joke. No, you didn't. I saw you fall asleep. You fall asleep. You could have killed us all. We're more inclined to assist those who humble themselves and ask, will you help me, than those who proudly announce, I can manage this all on my own. Please listen. You're going to face some stuff in your life that's going to be bigger than you are, and it's going to wear you out, and you're going to need God's help. Jesus also tells us to take our worries and our burdens and to place them upon him. Please do not miss what I'm about to tell you. Any person that has ever breathed has found that life can become very complicated. In your own way, every one of you has some portion of your life even now that is complicated. And when you really stop to think about it, discipleship, disciple, Jesus kind of discipleship at its core is simply walking with Jesus in a very real world and having him teach us moment by moment how to do life his way instead of our way or somebody else's way. And Jesus said, I invite you in. Look at what Michael Wilkins has said. You see this on the screen. He's written this. His yoke, which is a metaphor for discipleship to him, promises rest from the weariness. I'm so tired, God. I'm so worried. I'm so burdened down. Rest from the weariness and burden of religious regulation and human oppression because it is none other than commitment to him. His disciples learn directly from him. And then lastly, Jesus wants us to enjoy a provision of his rest and peace. And when we see the word rest here in verse 28, it speaks to us of relief. Jesus is saying, here's what I want to do. I want, to, I want you to come to me because if you'll come to me, I'm going to give you rest. What is he saying? I'm going to give you relief. I'm going to give you relief from your burdens. I'm going to give you relief from pressure. I'm going to give you relief from your anxiety and your frustration. I'm going to relieve you of your misery. I'm going to relieve you of your, of your hopelessness. Come to me, Jesus said. Why would you try to carry this on your own? Why would you try to manage this pressure? Why would you keep walking under this heavy load when instead you can come and you can be yoked together with me and I can help you carry the burdens for you? In fact, Jesus said, I'll not only help you carry them, I'll carry them for you. Because in another place in the Bible, Jesus said, you just come and you cast all your cares upon me. 
because I care about you. And I don't know what you're walking through today. I don't know what you're up against. I don't know what kind of pressure you're under. But this is what I know. The wisest, brightest thing that any of us could do is to come to Jesus and to give it to him and find the kind of peace and rest that only he can offer. I love this next verse. It's the last one. Look at it with me. It too is out of the Old Testament. Ezekiel 34, the trees of the field will yield their fruit and the ground will yield its crops. The people will be secure in their land. If I had more time, I'd talk to you about this setting where the invasion of armies and God's people, the potential of of being scattered. They will know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and I rescue them from the hands of those who enslave them. And Jesus says, what are you yoked up with? What's causing all this pressure? and frustration in your life. What kind of burdens are you walking under? I will break that yoke, and I will cause you to become yoked together with me. So think about your own life right now. Are you weary? Are you weighted down with the cares of life? What are you going to do about it? Because you do have options. You do have choices. If that's you and you just say, you know what, that's, that's me. I've got, I've got pressure right now. I've got, I've got pressure on my job. I, I'm under some pressure in my business. I've got pressure in a relationship. I've got pressure in my family. I've got pressure in my health. I've got stress in my life. What are you going to do about it? Well, you can run from him or you can run to him. You can humble yourself and ask for his help or you can remain in your own self-sufficiency. You can place all your heavy burdens upon Jesus or you can carry them around by yourself for the rest of your life. And I do not recommend those things. You can enjoy the peace and rest that Jesus provides or you can dwell in anxiety and exhaustion. Would you stand with me this morning as we close? Once you stand, would you just bow your head, please? And would you close your eyes? And if you're here today and you just say, you know, Jeff, why wouldn't I want to come to Jesus? Why wouldn't I want to come to him? Why wouldn't I give my life to him? Why do I keep trying to carry this? Why do I keep putting up with this frustration? Why do I keep uh, trying to carry this heavy, heavy burden by myself? When I could just take it to him and in him find peace and rest. Rest for my mind, rest for my body, rest for my soul. Why wouldn't I just bring it to him? And you can do that right now. While your head is bowed and your eyes are closed, everybody, if you're here today and you'd say, you know what, I do not yet know Jesus as the Savior and the leader of my life, but I'd like to receive him into my life today. I want him to, and you may not even understand all that that means yet. You don't have to have it figured out to receive him. You just say, I come to you by faith. And the Bible says, if you come to Jesus, he will no wise turn you aside. He won't turn you away. He'll receive you. And then he'll love you and teach you how to live. If you're here today and you just say, I need to come to Jesus, what do I have to lose? Would you just lift your hand and you can put it right back down and I'm going to pray for you right where you're standing. Thank you so much. Others of you would say, you know what, Jeff, this message, this talk was for me today. I've got pressure in my life. I've got stress in my life. I'm walking under some burdens. My life is challenged in whatever area it is challenged. And I know that, that God is speaking to me today and I want to get God's help. I want to ask him for help. I want to be yoked up with Jesus. I want to take all my burdens and I want to put them upon. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? Just lift it up real high and let me see it. And there's a lot of you on that. Let me pray for you. Father, for all those that lifted their hand, that they're just under pressure and under stress, under heavy burdens. Thank you that you speak into the reality of that. And you said, come unto me, all you who are weary, heavy burdened.
Thank you, God, that we can come with all of our pressure and all of our stress and all of our frustration and all of our challenges, and we can bring them to you. You said that we can take your yoke upon us and learn from you because you're humble in heart. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And you said that we don't have to carry this around all by ourselves as we often attempt to do, but that we can cast it upon you and you will carry our burdens for us. I pray also for those that lifted their hand that they want to receive you into their life. I pray that right now where they're standing in their heart and their mind, they would just pray this prayer, Dear Jesus, come into my life. There's so much I don't know, but this I know. I need you. I want you. I believe you died on the cross for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and teach me the way to live my life that is going to lead me into peace and rest and confidence in you. And all these things we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I love you, everybody. Happy Fourth of July. See you soon.